Welcome. I am Anders Bolling, and this is Mind the Shift, a podcast about a shifting world and an integrating world. In this episode, we are going to look into some of the things in this changing world that we perhaps are overlooking a bit and that we should be more aware of. My guest today is Roy Colon. Welcome, Roy. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Now, we've gotten to know each other a bit uh, in cyberspace. I don't know if nobody says cyberspace anymore, but anyway, online or whatever, uh, over the last few weeks uh, on this course that we've been taking. And you come across as a person that is not only very likable and helpful, uh, but also very industrious and with a very interesting background and an interesting story. You're running no less than, is it four podcasts? Four podcasts, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's really impressive. And you, you've also, uh, you have written a book. Has it, has it uh, been released yet? Or No, is... I just, I basically, I printed about 20 copies and got it into people's hands just to get feedback. But yeah, it's not officially released yet. But it's soon coming out there, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, then you are, you're also an Irishman uh, in Poland. Exactly. So let, let's start in that end then. Why, why did you end up in Poland? I started, well, I met a Polish girl in, in Ireland. And when I was visiting her parents in the city, it's a city called Butch, I realized it was kind of, um, you know, the real estate was very cheap. So I invested a bit and then decided to set up a company for foreign investors, Irish, English, American, buying the property there. I, I, I didn't have an intention of moving here, but the relationship uh, finished. And I had at that stage invested in commercial, invested in a site for building 30 apartments. And I probably would have lost everything unless I moved. And that's how I ended up in, in much in Poland. But at the same time, like there's loads of uh, Polish were going to Scandinavian countries, going to the UK and Ireland. So I was kind of giving them a high five on the way I was going the opposite direction. But it turned <laughs> out to be good because I was working in the construction industry and the market tanked with you when the economy crashed. Like they were so this was back something. in 2008, nine or something? Yeah, I had moved, I think in 2007. So just before it happened, but they were building something like 96,000 houses in Ireland and it went down to four and a half thousand. So you can imagine all the tradespeople in that yeah. industry. They're just, that's why they started emigrating, you know, mainly to Canada and Australia. And this, this story around your, your business that you, that you were having at that time is also the reason why you wrote the book and, and, and wanted to start this last podcast, I understand. Exactly. You can just bri briefly tell us about the four podcasts you have because they're very different, each of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I, I, I just can't wrap my head around how you can, how you can find time to, to run all these four, but just, just so, uh, yeah, tell the us. The first who, one was the speaking start. podcast. So like I realized that to make change in the world, you need to be a good speaker. And I wasn't a good speaker. I hated public speaking. And when I decided that I wanted to write this book, I had seen some very good speakers and I knew, okay, I need to be a good speaker. So when I came back, I jumped into Toastmasters, joined another club and another club. And I've even formed a club it's over two years now, a morning club and just entered competitions and went from being terrified to being competent on stage. And I knew to help to give some you know, help the people to, to improve their public speaking, a podcast would be good. And I have a lot of contacts around the world. So I think I have 20 different countries of people that have been on the show. 
and they're just giving tips on how they went from being shy to being very competent. Some people have been on stage with presidents and with Richard Branson and everything. Mm. Yeah, and there's people cool. with TEDx. Yeah, people with TEDx speeches that have over seven million, and they're kind of showing how they done it, and how they do workshops, how they create events, and every single episode is different. You would think you'd run out of ideas after, you know, but the reality is every single person has a different way of preparing for a speech, their journey, and yeah. So that's the main. That's great. The next that, one was uh, yeah. meditation. The meditation mm-hmm. podcast. Because I started meditating when I went through kind of my journey. The one thing, like, it, it, I, I'm jumping back a bit, but I, with the sure. real estate and everything in Poland, I kind of lost everything and had a lot of court cases. And by going through that, I saw so much corruption. Because when you know you're innocent or when you know that something is wrong and you still lose, you're going, hey, what's going on here? And then you start researching it. You see it in different countries. And that became my mission then that people wouldn't go through the same thing because there's millions losing their homes and it's all orchestrated. And I just didn't want that to happen. But what saved me, because it, like it's a tough time when you lose everything. I lost my house, my personal belongings, the whole lot. Meditating helped me. So it was a six phase meditation process, a guided one. And it just kind of allowed me to forgiveness and gratitude because what you think about, you attract and that's, so I realized the benefit of that, because if I want to make change in the world, I think the more people that are meditating, the better. So I, I used to like a few different meditation podcasts and they either changed to a paid format or they just took it off. And I was like, that's, that's not right. Like, so I reached out to a lot of friends and I said, that's my motto. It's like, it's there, it's free and it's up for life. So there's about 30 episodes now, but I've, I've more coming in. And you'll find one that resonates, which I've got breath work and different types of meditation. And some people think, oh, I must meditate for an hour. That's not true. I've got some that are a minute and some that are a lot longer. Wow. But you'll find something that something will- Something for raise. everyone. Yeah. Exactly. And, and I'm even attracting. So if someone is doing meditation and they want to send it, I kind of promote them as well. They just send me the, the recording and I just do a kind of brief intro. So for me, I'm kind of promoting my other podcast. That's what I'm getting out of it. But for them, I'm kind of guiding them. So if somebody really likes them, whether they have books written or something. So it's kind of a win-win. So that's the, the meditation one. The yeah. next one was <laughs> because I'm in Poland yeah. and I have a son, he's six. And I like, I really try hard to, for this language. And my brother went to Holland and he was fluent after two years. And I don't have that ability. My brother can play every single instrument that was invented. I can't play anything. So you know, whatever part of the brain that works, languages isn't for me. So I, it's not that I'm not trying. I was constantly listening to CDs and everything. So I thought a podcast would be a great way for me to learn. And I was searching and the podcasts that I could find were scripted, which I really don't enjoy because it's, it's not natural. And the other ones were only in Polish. And how can you learn or improve a language if they're saying something and you don't understand it? So yeah. I said, I'll create it. And my ex-wife was a Polish teacher. That's how I met her. I asked okay. her, will we do this? And she agreed. And it's like, that's very consistent. I'm regularly putting out episodes and it's only like five to seven minutes. It's fun. I leave in my errors because I believe that some people, they think if they're struggling, they can lose faith. So if I'm struggling with a word, I don't edit it. I leave it in. Yeah. And it's actually doing very well. And we're getting feedback. And like I do the same, I cross promote my other podcast and my ex-wife is actually promoting her school and she's getting clients from it. 
So it's it's a normal. Sounds excellent. So yeah. are you the kind of person that when you when you're looking for something and you don't find it, you do it yourself? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's why you're so industrious. That's, 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 that's why I want to change the world because I'm, I was I was living in hope that someone else would do it, and I said no. I I think I need to Nobody do this. Nobody did it. Yeah. So <laughs> now that that leads us to the fourth, uh, and as I understand, what you think is the most important podcast, yes, that you call the Awakening Podcast, and that you just started, uh, and you you mentioned a bit about the background there that you lost everything, you were in the in the construction business, I understand, and and. Well, can you tell us a little bit, walk us through the, the, the personal disaster that was uh, yeah. that is um, behind, behind, behind the creation of this podcast? So when I was investing in Poland, um, there was some syndicate. So I was like, you know, a shareholder in a commercial property in a building company and different companies that I was doing. And at, like I was basically the small buy for a lot of these investments. I had investors that were worth 20 million, 40 million. You know, and I was like, I had a few properties in Ireland and I released equity to, to get involved in these, but I, my business was doing well in Poland because I was managing all these properties and other developers were coming to me. So I was managing a lot of stuff. And when the economy tanked, like I just started reinvested and in, say into the commercial when they weren't able to pay their share. Cause I said, ah, they'll get, it'll come right. I never thought that somebody could go from 20 million to losing everything you know, even their business. So like nobody could foresee that. And in the end, what happens in Poland is when you're the president of a company, you're personally liable and nobody had actually told me that. So they were okay. They just all walked away. And I was, as I say, uh, with the held the crying baby, you know, it was, I was personally liable. So my plan was that I was, I was worked, I had about a million in assets of my own, you know, my wealth was about a million. And with the stuff I was doing, I was looking to make maybe 5 million. And it actually reversed. I became personally liable for five million, and that's that was five million euros. Euro, yeah, yeah. So, uh. and you know, between the different companies, I was able to, like, I was seeing how the bailiffs were working because the reality is, a sheriff or a bailiff is supposed to get the best price, so that they're looking after you, so that the excess then you have to pay. But they were working with valuers and, like, one property, the commercial. It was worked over 4 million zlatis, so 1 million euros, say. And they valued it at uh, half a million. And then they do a flash uh, when they're putting it up on the screen for the public auction, because the first auction is at 75%. The second one is at 50%. They put it up for a second and take a screenshot and pretend that it was advertised, but it's not, so nobody turns up. Mm-hmm. And then they try to make sure the same thing happens the second round, and they have their own people that are buying it. There was another company that the people in the room, they were bribed. So they bribed the people and bought one of the houses. And like when you're seeing this kind of thing, it's like, this is bad. But I, then when I'm researching it and looking at it, I could see the same going on in England, the same in Ireland. So I'm assuming it goes on all around the world. It's the same in every country, you would say, or the, <laughs> every country that you have looked into. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, and it's terrible because like, uh, especially since I'm Irish, I mean, I'm keeping a kind of you know, strong eye on what's going on there. And the amount of people that have been evicted and made homeless. And it's all orchestrated. You have the government voting on bills that are giving vulture funds all these powers. And it, it's sad. like because Vulture funds are those that are taking over homes that are... Uh, yeah, and they're selling them at like 10%. So they were, like, just say you were in trouble and you, they said to you, okay, well, you can buy your house at 10%. You would figure a way of getting 10% of the house. You know, even if you to pro- promise someone, look, I'll give you double back or whatever. 
but you would figure a way out. But what they were doing is they're selling to them and then they're going to the courts and you're responsible for the excess and all the interest and the banks because the, 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 um, the sheriffs and the solicitors, they have such high costs. So when I was fighting in Ireland for my own property, it's not like in, I don't know what way it works in your country, but in Ireland, you have like a hundred cases, maybe 150 and one judge. And then they're mainly uh, barristers, which is the high, they're kind of like 10,000, 15,000 euro a day. They're highly expensive to have a barrister and they're, fight, they're representing the banks. And a lot of people aren't even turning up. So the judges, yeah, rule in favor of the bank, plus interest, plus plus costs. So you're not only paying the excess that the house, but you've all these different costs as well. And I was listening and there was people going there going, uh, oh, my, my husband died from stress of this. And now she'd have a piece of paper. I don't know what to do. And the justice, I'm sorry, sorry for that. But a bang, rule in favor of the banks. Another person said that um, the, we got KPMG to prove that they overcharged us 15,000 interest. And the judge said, when was that? Three years ago. Oh, you should have took it up with them then. Bang, rule in favor. And when you see that, you're going, oh, what's going on here? And it was just consistent. That I, nobody kind was actually in, winning. In, industrial, in an industrial way almost. Yeah. yeah. And the sad thing is, like, it's hard for me to know what's going on in most countries, but I'm assuming it's similar. In Ireland, then they're putting these families into direct provision. Like some of them are put in hotels and it's costing the taxpayer like 100,000 or more. And can you imagine a child or a family being brought up? Like I, I spent three months when I was on construction sites in a hotel. It's not a nice place to be. You get, you know, you get demented just being in a hotel room. It's not mm. nice. You don't have a kitchen. So you can imagine a family trying to go up in that. So they're taking them out of a house that they could have had in debt forgiveness or even say interest free for five years. And they've changed the whole system. So it's all... It, it, it's a wealth grab. They're taking the land, they're taking the homes and they're making people personally liable for the amount. So even if you got back on your feet, your bank account is just drained the minute the money's gone into the account yeah. because of a corrupt system. So you lost so, everything, but how did you, how did you get back on your Well, I was again? kind of, I, I, like I was defending myself and then say when they were trying their tricks, I was just reaching out. I was constantly contacting people and one, one friend bought one of the properties, the commercial that I spoke about. So instead of me being personally liable for, I think half a million, or it would have been about a million euro at that stage, that one, he bought it and just, it's a cleared the deck and just with everything, I was just mealing, dealing and getting things off the table and just got it level. And this triggered you to start uh, thinking of what is actually happening, what is going on behind the scenes and with the system, uh, and so you, you delved into that a little bit more. And um, what did you find? <laughs> when did like everything I've been looking, I mean, like even just yeah. looking at the judges and the different court cases and how they were given rulings. It's like, what's going on here? Like I had tenement houses and basically the tenants weren't paying the rent. So the, the process is that you have to go through the court system to get the, 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 gets like an eviction order, but they don't get an eviction order. The city's supposed to provide accommodation for them, but the city said they don't have it. Then mm. the city are supposed to pay you, but they don't. And you have to then sue the city. And you can't sue, like if you have 13 units in one block, you can't just sue as a block. You have to sue individually. And then you have to pay the 5% court fee plus the solicitor's fee up front. And the city has the best people working from to make sure that you don't get paid. So like if we had a mortgage on that one or anything, we would have lost the property. And I know a lot of people do. So they intentionally 
don't do that. And when you fight the the city, they get every single like the the all the local police to come for the inspection. If there's dirt around the building, the technical inspectors they attack you in every single direction. And I saw this happening to me. And at times, then I just stopped making the court case because I said this is costing us more to get money that we're entitled to. And when I talk to other people, the exact same thing happened. And some people actually lose their buildings because of that. And then the city puts it on auction and sells it. And they're just it's it's just a land grab. And that seems to be going on in a lot of countries. So this is about the corruption in the banking system, the whole money system and the legal system also, I, I, I guess. No, like, I mean, if you look, I don't know, in, in Sweden, but in Ireland, in America, in, in Poland, all of these countries, when the government changes, the top legal judges change. That tells you that it's corrupt. Why would you mm. have to do that? Well, I don't think it works that way in all countries, actually, but... It it works in the states. It works in uh, yeah, in know, Ireland. Yeah. It it works in Poland like that. So a lot of countries that proves that them countries. I mean, obviously there's some countries that aren't like that. But uh, mm. yeah, and yeah, that's uh, well. Many people are witnessing uh, these about these things like like you do, but but very few do anything about it, so to speak. But you're now starting this podcast to to discuss these things. But I have I have listened a bit to your episodes and. And I also hear that you're talking talking a lot about uh, also other other um, topics like medicine. You're very interested in medicine, or uh, rather, should I say, alternative medicine? You talk a lot about that, and you invite guests that talk a lot about alternative medicine and how you can fix your health uh, by self healing and all, and all that kind of thing. So, what? How did that come about? Why did you become interested in, in those things? Was that on the same journey, so to speak? No, no, it was a bit earlier that uh, I kind of witnessed uh, how that system worked. For me, I had um, sciatica, which is a trapped nerve shooting pain down your leg. And I had got that and I, like, I tried physiotherapy. I tried a few different things and the doctor was giving me tablets that were just upsetting my stomach and making me feel dizzy. And like, I, I just kept trying different things and the, then they told me i needed to get an epidural so you know that that's the, the yeah, injection what, what into women the, get when they're having birth, the, when they're exactly having and like it, it is painful you know you you feel it because you have to be awake when they inject you and then they put you to sleep and they try to manipulate your body so that they free the nerve that they're saying is trapped And when I woke up from that, I was getting pains down my other leg. And the other thing is when I, I remember trying to get up and I was like paralyzed from the chest down. And that was a scary feeling. You know, it was like took you know, like okay. half a day to to wear to wear off. And it didn't work. And like I was really I was depressed in that. Like when you're in constant pain, you can't think, you can't function. You, you know, and there's a lot of people have this sciatica and some people get it down the arm. So then they said, oh, you must get surgery. We trim the, the disc and that will relieve it. And, you know, when you're when you're at your wit's end, you agree to what you're told. You just assume that, yeah, they've got your best interests at the heart. The disc in the, in the back? in the Yeah, so they're saying that the, the disc protrudes and presses onto the, the nerve, yeah, so the lower back. So I got the operation for that and no no change. And no change. I No change. And I don't know who got it to me. Somebody got me a book calling healing back pain by dr sarno john sarno and i read it and it's like a kind of psychological thing and i was able to cure myself and i was like what's going on here and wow. lots of people that i know had the same problem or that over the years and i kept saying here try this and most of them they were they were able to cure and i, mm. I wonder why the medical system 
doesn't put that, uh, you know, first, first call. And the same with like the side effects on the medicine and they want a customer for life, you know, like that. Uh, blood so pressure what's, your, what's your, what's your, what's your answer to that question? Why don't they talk about these alternative methods? Because it's a money game. Mm-hmm. It's all about the money. It's a business. It's an evil business. And your health is not, if they make you healthy, you're no longer a customer. And that's not how they look at it. They want you to be their customer and they want to keep this. There's, there's, there's uh, lots of cures for even cancer and different things. It's all quashed or they attack that industry. They start taking down the websites from that. They just, anyone that has cured people of cancer, they've got way higher rates than going through the chemotherapy route. And yet they're attacked. They're shut down. And why mm. is that? Because they're they're tapping into their budget, they don't want to be, you know, it's a money machine that they're. I I always have problems with when when people are talking about they and we, <laughs> because I I often don't understand what they mean by they because it sounds enticing and it sounds like uh, well, one-liner way of saying things. But who are they in this case? Is it the because I, I have a I have a hard time thinking that every each and every doctor out there thinks in this way. I mean, there are mm. lots of doctors out there who, who really want to help people, of course. I mean, that's obvious. No, definitely no, no. I mean, you can't tear everybody with the same brush. There is some very good doctors that really want to uh, cure people. But the, the, the problem is when I say they, I mean the pharmaceutical industry. So yeah. they, they have kickbacks for the drugs. And in Ireland, we've got all of the pharmaceutical companies. Like maybe one is not based there, but they're all based there because of the tax system. They don't pay tax really. It's, you know, there's a loophole. There's very little tax, if any. And like when I was checking it, because I seen, say, Smithline Beecham were, were fined billions. He was in the Guardian for kickbacks. And when I was checking with a, a top consultant that I know, I said, which ones don't? And she said, they all do. You know, and also regarding saying the training that the doctors get for natural health, they don't get, they don't get any training. Like the mm-hmm. guests, I'm not sure if you listen to all the episodes, one said they get six hours and somebody else had mentioned the only country is Albania where they do something like six months. But the rest of the world, it's just the pharmaceutical industry that they're doing. And we're like, six hours of, you... of training in diet. In the diet. four years or six years. Yeah, or whatever. yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, Well, diet is, uh, diet is basic. It's crucial, of course. What you eat is what you become. <laughs> exactly. Um, I mean, anything I have studied, the, the eating is, is the main thing. Like if you mm. eat the proper foods and you get the proper minerals, you don't get sick. Mm. So I had studied, it was a book, The Wheel of Fortune. It, it was basically a doctor wrench, I don't know, it was about 70, 80 years ago that it was written. And he was studying the healthiest people and they were in the Himalayas called the Hunza. And they yeah. were doing crop rotation and they were living to over 100. And he'd done tests on rats for that. And the rats have similar organs to a human. So a rat of two years is equivalent to a human of about 50. So when they done the test of the, the thousand rats, there was no, no tumors, no dermatitis, no sinus problem, nothing. They were all perfect. And then they gave them the poor Indian food and they got the same, all tumors, cancers, everything. And they, they gave uh, the English poor man's food and they were mm. cannibalistic after 16 days. And like, you know, that, you know, that makes such a difference. And the reality is we've got GMO now. We've got all these toxins, aspartam and all these different things in the food. Like they're telling us the government has our best interest at heart. 
but yet why are they allowing all these toxins? Why do they allow a bottle of say water that's really full of 10 or 15% sugar just because it's nice little cuddly animal on it for children to be taking? It's all orchestrated. They want so to how, keep us in. How have, you, how have you changed your life, your, your way of living and your way of uh, uh, your, con- your contacts with, with, uh, with the health system uh, after having these insights? What are you doing? I'm staying away from the doctors. You're staying away from the doctors. <laughs> you eat healthy yeah. foods. Do you eat? Do you eat meat, for instance? Is that is that an issue for you? I do eat meat, but uh, but I try to make sure that um, it's kind of GMO free and it's uh, that they're free range. I mean, it's hard to that that even that's even a bit hairy fairy at times. The same that they're stamped as free range and they're not. Um, I, I would definitely like to cut down. You know, I don't eat as much meat as I did years ago. I mean, there was times where you could have meat three three times a day. So now it's maybe five times a week at one meal and maybe less. Um, yeah. I guess yeah. they eat a lot of meat in Poland, don't they? So that's quite common. Not well, I guess in, in Ireland as well. Anyway, well, it's, it's really, I mean, what you're saying is uh, I'm game on many of your points here. I think, uh, of course, uh, uh, it's it has i mean what we what we eat is is so important and and um, the western western medicine and western health system is uh, skewed of course in in many respects but i also well i have a i'm a positive person by nature and i'm also uh i'm also a nerd you can say i'm a, I'm a statistics and a trend nerd so i look i i love looking at trends and statistics and numbers and I mean, you can trust if if you know where to find where to look for it. You can you can find the trustworthy numbers and figures and trends and statistics. And if what you are saying is completely true, if I mean, if you if you extrapolate that that thought that uh, they whoever they are, <laughs> the companies that want to make money, I guess, uh, pharmaceutical companies, uh, food companies, if they are putting almost poison poisonous uh, additives in our food and and um, trying to give us medicine that is not good for us we should see a, a decline in in health uh, uh, on a broad scale here and and we're not seeing that actually life expectancy is rising people are healthier and uh, i mean before antibiotics you know people died in in droves uh, and before they started uh, vaccinating for instance uh, children in 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 africa against malaria i mean against uh, measles sorry they died in droves from that as well. So, I mean, I have a hard time thinking that, that all this is, is bad, but, but of course you have, to, you, have to, you have to look what's happening and you have to look into the details and you have to think for yourself. That's, that's the main thing. What's yeah, exactly. your comment on, on this comment? <laughs> well, the, what you say, the think for yourself, like I even say in my book, don't even believe what I'm saying research it and even with your research because like you're on about you you can check certain statistics like there was even one say on climate change that uh, was done and nasa and others they doctored the figures to make it look like the right way so when there was a, a, a is it a meteorologist the weather guy he went into the senate and he had all the figures and he was explaining how they doctored them I even question every single thing I do now. So like, even if you look into Google and say, is 5G safe? You go in the first five pages are saying it is safe. Mm. But if you look at other things, like I've got reports from uh, ex-military people that are saying the dangers. So Mm. sometimes we can look at all these different statistics. And unfortunately, there's so many people involved in this, like 
I would say, trying to keep us ill. I mean, like if I get, uh, you know, you're on about antibiotics. If, if I was taking antibiotics, and it happened with my children, when, when you give them antibiotics, their immune system goes down and they get sick again, they get sick again. And sometimes you'll see it, especially at the younger age of the kids, they get sick. You know, I, I, is it the average of something is, like six times that they're taking? Yeah, but isn't that a matter of how often you take them and how much? Uh, I mean, if you, if, you, if you take antibiotics when it's, you have an acute illness and you're really sick and you haven't taken it for 10 years, wouldn't that be okay? No, there was times where... I'm not saying that the like pharmacy, like if you have a crash or something like you no alternative medicine is going to, yeah. you, we do need that industry. You know, I'm yeah. not saying that. It has and if to you be. break a leg, of course it has to be adjusted. <laughs> exactly. But hospital. like say for the antibiotics, like, I mean, if I, if I feel something coming on, I'll take um, uh, oregano and coconut oil. I'll take turmeric and honey and things like that. And it cures you. So mm. why aren't, like people, they should be trying to do this first instead of stuff that's actually, you know, killing some of the bugs in your stomach that we actually need. Mm. You know, yeah, I goes, know there's times you get some really heavy ones and you have to because it's so dangerous. I'm not saying that the antibiotics that, oh, we don't need antibiotics. Of course, there's times you definitely do. But there's people going in as you, a little sniffle or something like that. And it, it depends mm. on the doctor as well. Some doctors are just, they prescribe, they don't even ask, they don't even go into detail. There's a, an, a, a lot that are compassionate. They listen exactly. And it's in their interest to make you healthy because they really care. Yeah. And that's the yeah, difference. We need more like that. Mm. Yeah, the thing about Western medicine is it pinpoints, it targets the, the symptoms, not, not the cause of the, of the disease. Uh, but you're also, I mean, you, you're a positive person yourself. I know that. And I've seen also what, you're, what you, you've written in your, on your podcast uh, introduction text there, that this is not about, you, you say that this is not conspiracy, conspiracy theories and, uh, because these are facts and, and you want to you be positive. You want to help people to find ways of solving their problems without utilizing these, these corrupt systems. Uh, and that's that's all good. I mean, I'm I'm for that. I'm, for instance, I have, and I heard you also talking on another podcast and saying, uh, giving the the advice to people to listen less to the to the news. Uh, and I agree on that. I have cut down on the news myself. I'm a journalist, but I have cut down a lot because I I know that it makes you feel miserable <laughs> after a while if you listen too much. You need to know something about what's happening, but you will not miss big things that you, you just won't. You will know anyway, so you don't have to look for it. But what, what I was thinking here is that the reason why I have cut down on the news is mainly that the news is uh, actually too much into, especially the tabloids, they're too much into fear-mongering and, and, and talking about these things a little bit like you are talking about also, but I mean, you, you, do, you do it in a different way, but they're, they're scaring people by saying, oh, this additive, this additive can be dangerous for you. You can die, you can get cancer from this and stay away from that. And uh, even, I mean, even those things, those things that you were talking about, microwaves can be dangerous for you. It's all there all the time. So people get scared. And I think that what you, like you were mentioning, what you put out, you get back. If you're constantly worried about what is happening out there and constantly worried about what you eat and constantly worried about radiation and whatever, you will get sick. I think that's the main reason why people get sick because they worry. So I'm more into the 
meditation part of your <laughs> your uh, journey here uh, i'm all for that because if you have the inner uh, tranquility and, and calm and and you trust yourself that's the most important then you can also trust others and you can and you can just find your think for yourself what you should eat and what you should do with this and that and then then i think things will will be good for you so um well that's just a a comment I have on 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 the whole thing. Oh, I agree you, with you. you. I mean, because yeah. if you start, to, and I tell people, don't be thinking of the negative all the time. Don't be surrounding yourself with, you know, listening to this all the time and having that as the conversation, because it will get you down. You know, go over nature, start, you know, talking to positive people and start watching comedies. You know, change it. Like, yeah. I, you can't go on the other side of the spectrum of totally ignoring what's going on either, because if you do nothing, then there's so many bad things are happening and made changes that you're going, how did this happen? So you can't exactly ignore stuff. But if there's something, like I know that I don't watch any news and if the radio comes out, but if there's something important that I need to know, you'll find it. Facebook will start popping it up or somebody will mention it. You will find out. So it's not that you're missing anything by not watching CNN or BBC or any of these ones. No, you can, I, well, I'm, I'm a journalist, so I'm interested in, in the ordinary traditional news also. So I, I watch it sometimes, but I mean, I watch it with a, with some kind of distance. I, I know, okay, so they're going that path today. I, I don't have to listen to that, but this was interesting. So I, I pick up some things that I think are interesting. But um, uh, yes, I was going to ask about the name of the, the podcast here. You call it Awakening. And to awakening. me, that, yeah, it's, it's a great name. And to, to me, to awake, the word awakening, the term awakening has somewhat spiritual connotations, you might say. Is that the case here too, or do you mean by awakening that people need to be to awaken to seeing the corruption that is going on in different sectors of the society? I think uh, it's actually connected. I think yeah. uh, by waking up, you can uh, you see what's going on, and you kind of wake up inside as well, and you can uh, you learn a few things, not to be holding grudges. Mm, it, it all connects. And that's why yeah. some of the stories are you know people that have kind of you know transformed. And like what I think is once you wake up, like even whether spiritually, you don't go back. You never go, oh, I'm not doing that no more and going back to my usual. You never see anybody. And you probably noticed that there's a lot more people that are kind mm. of, as I call them, becoming awake in the world. Mm. Mm. That's interesting. Fascinating. Um, and, and very, very, very well intended, of course. Um, and we were talking before about uh, you not calling these conspiracy theories but truths and um, well wouldn't all conspiracy theorists uh, say that actually <laughs> that uh, well i mean from what truth. i've heard is the cia <laughs> created that word so that then they can start throwing out a few lies and then people because i know you can fall into that trap because you'll get something you surround yourself with a few people and someone yeah. will post something and you'll share it and it's thrown out intentionally so that they know it's false and then people go ah oh, what you're putting out is all false. Yeah. So you have to be very careful of it. But if it happens, it happens. I don't knock myself because you're doing it from the best intentions. And if you look at all the kind of roads of who's, who's pulling the strings, they normally come back to the same people. So when you see something with the Rockefellers or something like that, and you go, mm. okay. And you just, you just assume that it's done. But eventually, you, for me, I see different people. So some people do the research before they put it up. And then, yeah. and others just put it up once it's attacking anyone. So yeah. you eventually kind of realize, okay, no, I know they're just putting up, you know, they're doing it with the best intentions of trying to make people aware. 
but yeah. you know they can fall for a trap and mm. i think i mean i do research myself and sometimes that like, you just know no what they're saying is incorrect mm. you know based mm. on document like people will reach out to you people will give you information because they're afraid to actually do it themselves mm. and sometimes you get stuff that i would love to share a lot of the stuff or put it up but I know that I get in trouble from doing that. And there's times you have to just hold back. But when you know information, you know, that, that you just have to. Is that careful. what you're going to do here with this podcast? You're going to invite people who are, who want to, uh, to tell their stories about corruption, but they don't want to, if, if they want to be anonymous, they wouldn't go on your podcast even. Well, I have one that will be, so I won't be doing the video. And I know the guy, he's going to expose the kind of banking industry, you know, the trading yeah. side and a lot of the people actually they're, they're okay and i've i've had um because when i know somebody it's different because you like you know their journey and everything but sometimes there'll be people reaching out and i'm not going to put somebody up that i don't know because that could be like another plant as well somebody could be saying i'm going to expose such a thing and if you fall for it and then you're just exposed and then the whole credibility goes down the yeah, road so yeah. even if it's like the story of the century I don't want to do it unless somebody like I can understand if someone is exposing something that can get them into real trouble, but they'd have to prove to me that. And I know I'd obviously remain confidential about that, but I'd have to be a hundred percent sure that what they're saying, they're not just trying to trick me. It's a bit of a dilemma, but they they have that in, in, in traditional media as well. When they, when they are doing this, you know, they're digging, digging uh, deep in their stories but maybe you can do solo casts sometimes and, and just tell the story that you have been, that you've heard if the person. No, I was thinking out. of doing because I, I just put up another one out today and I was thinking of doing the next one um, of some of the stories because a lot of the stuff, there'll be things that I would just kind of just give some details. They don't have to be too long, maybe 10 minutes, but it's yeah. enough to make people start thinking. Yeah. And, and I just like the little tips and you know, I, as you mentioned, you know, the health and stuff like that. I don't encourage anyone to make radical change because you, you stress yourself out. But if you can say, all right, just say, like we talked about the microwaves. Okay. You realize that's, and then even you don't trust me, but okay, I'll start researching. And then you find out, okay, yeah, they're not great. Then you get rid of that. Just make a little change. And by the end of the year, all these small little, you know, changes, they add up and you're just making, you know, yeah. your, your health will be a benefit from it. Talking about the- microwaves and, and electricity. I had, I have a personal uh, insight into that kind of problem because I had my, my, my father, he, he passed away earlier this year and he also his, his, his second wife, not my mother, but his second wife passed away the year before that. And she was, she had a lot of uh, health problems uh, over the years. Uh, one of them being that she was allergic to electricity. I don't know what the term is in English, but you know, you know the thing. And that started in the 90s. And then at that time, this was almost 30 years ago, there weren't that much electricity in in the homes and the houses, in the offices. I mean, today we have electricity everywhere and we have all these devices. And and she, it went a little bit up and down and up and down, but we weren't allowed to have our cell phones on when we were in the house and because she she felt bad, you know. And I suspected that it it was a bit psychosomatic, the whole thing, uh, which I think was proven when we sometimes forgot to, to turn off our devices and she didn't notice anything. So uh, I don't know if, if this would have been a very, 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 very big problem, we would have seen enormous uh, increases in, in, in health problems from this, by this, by now, I would say. I mean, we don't have to delve into this too much, but I mean, it's just a, a, a matter of looking 
from a helicopter perspective, what is happening? What are the trends? How does the health look in the, in the population at large? You know? uh, and, and we have these enormous uh, amounts of, of masts with, with uh, 4G now and soon 5G. And I don't know, I, I, I just can't, I have a hard time understanding why this sh should be such an enormous health problem. Well, first, I'm very sorry to vote your father. I wasn't aware of that, that he, he passed this year. Yeah, he was 91 years old, so he was... That was, uh, that was okay. Thank you. Thank you for, for your thoughts. Um, on, like, if we look at, say, the health, because we're, we're, I think you've a one in three chance of getting cancer in the US. Uh, you know, so that's a statistic that should scare you. Um, if you look at, say, the frequencies, I mean, I have one of the devices as well. And like the Wi-Fi gives a huge reading. If you're near a television, it gets a huge reading. Like you can you can get blockers, frequency blockers are kind of that they stop the, um, the signal. Like the phones, they are dangerous. But we've got to a stage where we can't live without them. We've become conditioned to just have our phones all the time. I don't know, have you ever gone on a holiday and you just left your phone away? But the freedom <laughs> that it brings, and you, like the first few days are kind of, you know, you feel, oh, I'm missing something. But once you get over that, it's like relief and you feel Yeah, but good. that's more, more a psychological thing, I think. I don't know, like, because I'll send you actually a report, right? Because it's going to be in the book and it's, okay. it's from um, Barry Chor and on the frequencies and they're on okay. about the damage. And the one thing that scared me was, and he actually challenged anybody to prove him wrong and nobody has done so. And, you know, he's on about that, uh, like w when a baby's born, you know, the first hundred days, there's no protection. And most people have the, the telephone on the belly as they're texting away. Mm. And, you know, we see a lot of uh, like autism and like, you know, they're trying to, like, how do we say what's causing this? Some people are going down the vaccine route. But if you look at when the autism started really jumping through the roof, it, it kind of tends to be from the time we had mobile phones that became kind of, you know. Well, yeah, I, I've heard about that. I, I know that people are looking into that. So it's, it's interesting. And uh, I mean, I'm open to, to, to any explanation. I just. So, yeah. So he basically I, says I, that. I don't, don't, don't want to get scared. I, I just want to. No, no. Of course, I, I want to know what's happening. That's obvious. I want to know what's happening. Sure thing. But fear is our biggest enemy, I think. Yeah, no, I think just awareness and then to make awareness know, and take action. I don't, I, I think not to be, you're, you're dead right. If you start fearing everything, you attract the fear into you and you start, yeah. the cells get affected and you start getting that's, disease. That's from that. So don't, yeah, you're right. You know, not to have fear mongery, but just to make conscious decisions. And, you know, like if you've got all these smart devices, like when you check with uh, the meter, you can see that they're giving high readings, like, you know, when you're so close. So if you've got a lot of kids and they're, they're hanging out next to these things, they're playing right next to these things, I don't think they're good for them. You know? Maybe and, one day we will see, we will see the results of, of this. Yeah. Big and like, explosion. you know, you, you talk about the 5G. Like, I remember in the Senate that they, they had all of the top Sprite Horizon and all the top uh, um, American companies. And they were questioned, okay, what tests did you do? None. You know, like why? And I know that there was an independent test done and it was, it was causing tumors in rats. So going back to the Hunza, hey, we've got a, a connection there. So if it is so good and it is so great, don't be 
blasting it out don't be putting it you know like uh, elon musk is putting thousands of satellites up that you you know you can't get away from it now at this stage let's prove it's safety if that's the case let's prove it's safe if it's safe yeah we're all up for you know technology making life easier but from yeah. all the different people that i'm seeing all these people that are kind of ex-military coming out saying how dangerous it is we should maybe listen to them instead of just the people that are trying to pretend that it's okay yeah, sure. We should listen to to everyone that that has anything to say about these things. That was about it. So, Roy, fascinating discussion here. Uh, I wouldn't. I would never put any labels on you or anyone else who, honestly and with good intentions, tries to make the world a better a better place. I mean, that's the main thing. Uh, but I mean, some people would probably put labels on you, say, call you a querulant or whatever. But let let them do that. I mean, exactly. it doesn't doesn't mean anything. So where can our listeners now find your podcast? First, the, the Awakening podcast, of course, but also the yeah, other ones. The awakeningpodcast.org is where they'll find that. And the other ones, I, uh, my name, RoyCollin.com. I have the four podcasts that are, are shown there. So you go in and, and they're available on about 10 different platforms on iTunes, Google. So they'll, they'll find it there. Okay, thank you, Roy Colan. Uh, thank you for, for being my guest and good luck with your very important and uh, fine task that you've taken on. Thanks very much for having me on the show. Enjoyed it.